Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one. Hey, Julie, we're back. It's October 2nd. Yes, happy Friday. Happy Friday indeed. And a quick reminder, as we were and always will, remind all of you guys to get into proactive prospecting, proactive lead generation mode. It is the you know, perfect time of year. It's uh, the end of one month, the beginning of another, which always means there's more expireds. If you don't believe me, go to your MLS and search. And when doing a search, don't just choose a tiny little micro market to invalidate what I just said, to rationalize that you won't have to prospect. Mm-hmm. Make it, you can tell we've coached agents for a long time. I know what some of you guys yeah, are going to do. And don't just pick the high end because you want to go up market. <laughs> exactly. So your only point is to try to basically validate what I said, not invalidate what I said. So set aside your inner skeptic that we talked about yesterday and do a search for your entire MLS. And then I want you to notice how many expires there were. And then go back six months. And then I want you to remember that 90% of all those expires relist and sell within six months. So all those expires, had you known how to go after them, would have been potentially um, money in your pocket. And the more people you could have helped. So open your mind to the possibilities of what comes on the other side of you being a proactive lead generator. So we get a lot of questions and emails and sometimes it's a little, you know, I'll, I was uh, responding to uh, just different messaging all the way to like 1130 last night. And Julie and I always respond personally. So when you text me directly at 512-758-0206, we are responding directly. Now we're probably going to have to put up a uh, I'm probably going to start giving you guys a different personal text number so that I can um, keep it more organized because I use my cell phone all day too on calls. So we're going to have to figure something out that's more efficient now that the podcast is growing by leaps and bounds. We, I mean, some of these podcast guys are getting tens of thousands of listens and downloads in the same day we do them. And all of these podcasts, we have 3,000 podcasts, um, continuously get listens way into the future, which by the way, another quick reminder, all of you should be doing a podcast. Because as to use an old SEO term, the long tail benefit of doing a a podcast is extraordinary. You'll have people listening to podcasts that you did from years ago. Um, and if you've done a little bit of, uh, you know, proactive lead generation within your process, within your podcast, some calls to action, you can get business from those podcasts forever, which is pretty amazing, really. So moving forward here, what I want you, we get a lot of questions and one of the questions we'll be getting a lot lately. uh, Well, it's always an omnipresent question is about teams. And there's Julie and I, our competition, if you want to call them that, have often tried to basically pigeonhole Julie and I as being anti-team. And they want to do that because they want to make it seem like somehow we're not in with the current zeitgeist. And frankly, it couldn't be even, it couldn't be even further from the truth because the reality of it is, is that when we sold real estate, we had a team. When we sold real estate in Columbus, Ohio in the 90s, we were probably the first team no one had ever done teams before. So to say that Julie and I don't have a deep, a deep background understanding the pluses and minuses of teams and team building is an absolute lie. And furthermore, we talk about our philosophies on teams in our book, Harris Rules, and it continues to be a bestseller on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and all the rest of it. So get the book, Harris Rules. It's also available on Audible. So we are absolutely pro-team. But of course, we do have rules. Mm-hmm. And so what we're going to be doing is we're going to share with you, these aren't rules from the book. These are rules that Julie and I um, pulled out 
of our minds prior to the podcast today so that we could sort of direct you guys to the point of not making mistakes. So today's podcast is called The Eight Biggest Reasons Why Most Teams Will Fail. Um, and so these points, a lot of them are going to feel very personal to you if you've basically uh, been trying to build a team for a long period of time. But what we're going to do is we're going to give you our perspective from our experience coaching individual agents and teams for the past forever. And we're also going to give you the statistical facts behind them. And then you can make your own decision, right? Um, and a lot of teams um, and team building is a natural a progression of your real estate business. But the first rule that we wrote down is... All right. So you have got to be very clear that profit is your product. And we've talked about this on podcasts. We've actually dedicated some podcasts to that thought. It's a very prevalent uh, rule in Harris rules. It's profit that's your product. Yes, I know happy customers, customer service, all of those things are true. But at the end of the day, the reason you are running your business is to be profitable, not to run a nonprofit inadvertently. It is to be profitable. Now, we know that not all of you are clear on this because when we ask you your numbers, you either don't know them or you're not accurate. Some of you can't even figure out your elaborate elaborate commission splits or your net commission. You've got to be clear that profit is your product and run your business as such. So I want you to think about that point. Product Profit is your product. That is a good way of uh, creating uh frankly, uh, a filter for all your decision-making in your business. So when you're going about making decisions to purchase things, this is where you guys get caught in the mud a lot. These you know, bright, shiny ideas, all these concepts that people are constantly uh, you know, barraging you with, where you think it's somehow going to give you a competitive advantage in your marketplace, right? And so you will then buy into this concept without the uh, concept ever having been proven. In the past 10 years, I don't even know how many businesses – uh, have come and gone that we're in the business to sell agents stuff. I mean, everywhere from smart, you know, email marketing, all these different, you know, lead generation things, social networking is, I think, going to go down in history of the biggest, one of the biggest time wasters and essentially money suckers that there ever has been. Because all of these things were new ideas that were never really tested, never really validated, but you guys threw money at these things. And had you basically uh, val- made decisions through the filter of my product is profit, then many of the things that were uh, being sold to agents would have been around long because agents would have been smart enough to say no. So when you're making a decision to purchase anything, the number one thing you have to do is think about what is the actual profit from this that I'll get in the next 60 to 90 days. Not someday will come, possibly maybe when pigs fly. <laughs> we'll, you know, And that's how most of these things are sold, especially branding especially like direct mail, especially all these types of things. They don't, when the people are selling you this stuff, um, and especially again, deep dive into like the social media stuff, they're, when they're trying to sell you all these little clever ideas and all these different whiz-bang you know, solutions, quote unquote, they don't validate if you're going to get a result and when you will get a result because they don't know because you probably never will. And, and, I, and this has become acceptable to have a I non-answer. Know. If an agent, when an agent asks, you know, give me some numbers, right? Give me some proof. So like, let's say I do a thousand pieces of this. What can I expect? Well, you're going to have to do it for a long time and you're going to have to make lots of impressions and you're going to have to wait. And it depends on your market and your price range and all these things. There is not an answer. And I think that that is an early warning sign that perhaps you are maybe wasting your money. Yeah. And so when you're making a decision what to do in your business, if you cannot absolutely 100% validate that your effort and frankly, your money is going invested is going to equal results as in more money, then don't do it. And that's it. And so that will rule out virtually everything that's being sold to agents right now. 
because agents are then going to start saying, okay, Mr. Whizbang, fancy idea salesman, you explain to me exactly how long it's going to take for me to see an actual discernible profit. And by profit, if you put in a dollar, you guys should decide what your return on your acceptable return on investment should be. 10 times, 15 times, probably is what you should expect to see. Because just by buying the lead, let's say, for example, that is not just the end, that's not just the result. That's just the start of the work. And so when you guys think, let's just use buying leads as an example. When you buy a buyer lead, right? That buyer lead then is going to require lots of care and feeding. And many of you then are going to put it in a CRM that's also going to be expensive. And then it just starts the dominoes of all the money that you're going to spend. So you have to validate whether the activity is going to equal the results that you want. And the results that you want, if you're following rule number one, is profit. If you, if you want to know how good somebody is at being a business person, bottom line, assuming you're not publicly traded, right? And, and where basically sometimes nowadays uh, public publicly traded companies are, are rewarded for not even being uh, profitable, which is, I don't quite conceptually understand that. But in any event, if you want to know how good you are or not as a business owner, you got to be real clear that it's basically the only yardstick that matters is your profit. If you're running a a for-profit business and not running a non-profit business. And a lot of you have been seduced into running non-profit businesses without actually knowing it. So product profit is your product. When you're wanting to know what business you're in, when you're wanting to basically understand, really get to the bottom line, cut through all the Mickey Mouse, your product, what you produce in your real estate practice is profit. And if you don't have profit margins, of a very significant number. We have coaching clients who have, you know, some of the most successful agents in the country who we've interviewed on this podcast who have profit margins of 50, 60, 70%. And it's because they run a profit first business. They're not taking flyers. They're not, you know, they're not uh, taking risks and gambling and being seduced by the newest whiz bang trendy idea. They are staying drilled down. They realize at the end of the day, their business is about making a profit because with that profit, guys, you can take that money and then you can reinvest it. You can pay off debt. You can actually do the things with life that you want to. There's an interesting study I heard about. Um, I haven't found this study to validate it, but this is just what I heard on a, a Rob Hans podcast that, um, what was it, uh, something like 90% or 95% of all the biggest producing agents in the country, if they had essentially a significant decrease in revenue for 60 days in a row, they would be personally bankrupt, okay? Now, there you go. And the average American only has $400 saved. So what does that tell you? That even agents, the highest flying, most impressive, everyone talks about them and admires them agents, they're always on a knife's edge because they aren't running a profit-driven business. Point number two, Julie. Yes, point number two, and this is something that you often say, uh, we see agents who are all about delegating, but then abdicate. Can you talk about what you mean by that? You know, agents are kind of addicted to offshoring the things that they don't like to do right. and things of that nature. So what does it mean to delegate and then abdicate? Well, so abdication means you basically walk away from whatever it is. Abdication, the, abdicating the throne, for example, if you want to use like Washing a, your hands of something. Yeah, exactly. You're not, you're not just, you know, you're done with it. You're out. You're, you, maybe it was your responsibility, but now it's no longer your responsibility. So you're completely abdicating the responsibility. Well, that's not the same as delegation, but that's the same with, with the, that is exactly what most of you do. And the reason that most of you do that is because, and we're going to get to it in a, a future point, but the reality of it is, is that you will hire somebody to do a particular task and you will have read in some book or heard, heard some fake guru tell you that your goal is to basically delegate and then let that person run with it. 
You can let a person run with it, but you still have to have KPIs or key performance indicators. You still have to have a view, an active monitoring system in place where you can watch to make things are getting done. And it does not matter how big and successful your business are or what industry you're in. The second you abdicate what you delegated, that's when you lose control. Now, some of you are going to say, Tim, I read a whole bunch of books on micromanaging and you know, micromanaging is bad and micromanaging this and micromanaging that. You do micro, you should micromanage everyone until they've proven themselves over a long period of time of not needing micromanage. By micromanaging, if you're saying that's bad because you're holding the people you're paying responsible and accountable to the tasks that you've given them, in other words, you're not abdicating, you're delegating, but then you're holding them responsible for results, that's called being smart. <laughs> that's called running a profitable yes. business. That's actually called being a good business person. But what most agents do, and frankly, most entrepreneurs do, is they set systems in place, they write a book, they hire a guru, they, you know, whatever, and then they delegate to people that are frankly not the right people to delegate to, or maybe they were when they hired them, but over time, and sometimes it's not it's a matter of months, not years, those people, knowing that they're not going to be held accountable, start to get lazy, and then the efficiency that they have to complete said task goes, you know, obviously to crap. And then there's your business starts to lose more and more profit. And okay. then you rationalize, well, I'm going to spend more money to generate more leads. And all the while, the reason that you're actually running a, you know, essentially nonprofit business is simply because of the fact that you have abdicated and not delegated while monitoring. Well, see, one thing leads to the next, doesn't it? So point number two was don't uh, abdicate when you delegate. Don't walk away from the accountability. But what that what happens, and I see this most obviously, I think you would agree with this, is when agents hire a whole bunch of buyer's agents and right. they say, okay, I'm not working with buyers anymore. I'm out. And then they give them all their buyer leads and they don't realize that, you know, buyer's agents also need to have a buyer presentation, buyer prequalification script, some training. And what happens within 30 days? What do the buyer's agents say? All oh, the leads suck. I need you to spend more money on some other kind of lead source. And then you get sucked into point number three, addicted to buying buyer leads. Well, and so here's the paradigm that many, well, all teams and many brokers nowadays are, are essentially, they found themselves in. And so they have gotten to the point, you guys think it's, and because frankly, you've not been in business long enough in the real estate industry specifically, you think it's your obligation to provide leads to the uh, you know salespeople that work for you. You think that's what you should be doing because that's your obligation as a team leader to provide them leads. Did you hear what Julie just said? That's exactly what happens is that people will, uh, agents typically, if they have enough personal income coming in for 30, if not 60 days, you could give them the best lead ever and they're going to fumble it. They're not going to follow through. Because they don't need it in the same way you do, right? Right. And most people will simply earn, this is a proven fact. Yep. Most people, not just buyer's agents, but humans in general, but especially buyer's agents in this case, will earn what it requires for them to pay their bills. And they'll be okay maybe for a month or two, maybe have a tiny bit of savings. They can see a couple closings coming and then they take your leads less seriously. They don't follow up quickly. They don't use a script. They don't close. They don't then, you know, take it to the finish line. And then they say to you, well, your leads suck. Well, they also don't pre-qualify. They don't pull out the sellers that, you know, the buyer leads that have to sell. They'd actually don't, you know, and the and here's how the system of, you know, essentially abdication is uh, reinforced is that you guys think it's okay to start as opposed to holding people accountable to converting leads into appointments and appointments into sales. You think it's okay to allow uh, your team, as it were, to just to throw them into a CRM and let some passive system drip on people and then somehow magically they'll right. materialize. Yeah, they always say, well, I put them into the database. They're getting our newsletter. Exactly. But, and you know, though, <laughs> in the history of real estate, I don't think there's been very many circumstances 
where they just, you know, get dripped on and dripped on. And then they call you and say, okay, I'm ready. Well, it happens it once. It happens occasionally. But once it is in a not blue a moon. System. It right. is not predictable or duplicatable. It is an excuse that team members will say, well, you know, they're in the database. So if you want to know an instant, and I know none of you will do this, but here's an instant <laughs> way to draw more efficiency out of your business. And this is even true if you're just yourself by yourself. Get rid of your CRM. Literally stop dripping on people. Get rid of all long-term follow-up campaigns. Just stop doing it. Because what that's going to do is when you remove it, just take that little psychological pill with me. Imagine if all of a sudden CRMs are illegal, right? Whatever. You can only use a CRM to manage your business, to manage your centers of influence and past clients. But even then, you can't drip. So drip campaigns are just gone forever. And now you basically are having to, you have this list of people that you've you know cultivated over the years, many of which the leads, you know, those people you purchased to put into this list, then you're going to be forced to what? Pick up the phone and call them. Oh, and that's where them. and that's where the rubber meets the road because many of you will never ever ever do that. And beyond that, not just call them, okay? One of my uh, things that we talk about in the book is, and Jeff Blunt agrees with this with prospecting, it is not enough to just say, "Hey, I was thinking of you. Call me when you're ready." You have to actually bring something of value and a call to action on every call, even a voicemail. So it's not, I mean, let's say that they convince themselves, I want to actually be on the phone. There is some skill involved with that too. But what does having that CRM, what is the uh, cost of having a drip campaign? What is the negative effect um, on on your psychology and any quote unquote team members from having a CRM that drips on uh, prospects? And here's the answer. It makes people lazy because it's a rationalization not to learn ever how to learn how to do the real work of real estate, which is picking up the phone and having actual skills. It makes you complacent because psychologically you think to yourself, well, you know what? I'm just going to put this person in a drip yep. campaign. Like, So for example, you've got somebody on the phone today and let's say you're using our pre-qualification script, but where it gets down to the meat of it, where you're actually you know, pre-qualifying and setting an appointment, you then rationalize, I'm not going to push this person to the point where I actually have to set an appointment because my ego tells me that they might say no or I'm, I, you know, whatever, your ego is throwing up all these sorts of red flags. And so you just decide to back off where maybe with a couple more questions, had you stayed the course, you could have set an appointment and gotten a listing. Um, then what happens is you all, don't worry about it, Julie. I'm not. Then what happens ultimately is that you say to yourself, you know what, I'm going to back off and I'm going to throw this person into my CRM. I'm just going to let the system drip on them. And then when they're actually serious, somehow magically they're going to raise their hand and do business with me. Where the reality of it is, is they're never going to do business with you because they're not only going into your CRM, but they're in everybody's CRM. And furthermore, they're going to basically focus on whoever's going to be the best at pre-qualifying and being urgent with satisfying their needs. But a CRM and a drip campaign essentially is the lazy button to avoid learning how to actually sell. Well, it does two things. One is that good lead that you would have known was a better lead had you actually pre-qualified and followed up and closed gets buried in all of the other junk leads that you've got in your CRM and you don't even know the difference. And this is how agents, I've, I talked to somebody that said, I, you know, we always ask as coaches how many leads you're working. Uh, oh, I've got 2,000 I'm working. 2,000? Yeah, I know. How did that happen? It's because they stuffed everything into a CRM and they rolled the dice that something would work out. So that's one thing that happens. The other thing that happens is you have now thrown caution to the wind where that person who actually is ready and you don't know it because you haven't followed up properly, actually on the phone using an actual script, actually gets converted by somebody else who is more aggressive, more direct, 
And that can be anything from that client walking into a uh, new construction home and getting closed. They could walk into a for sale by owner's open house, somebody else's open house who actually closes them on the spot. And guess what? They weren't in that person's CRM. And we're talking about Julie's reference there, her example was just on the buy side. What? About, how many yeah. people that are your, uh, you know, frankly, lowly trained agents, your team members, even you, how many of those people you're sticking into a CRM that actually are also sellers that basically showed up on your radar as a buyer? Depending on the price range you're working at, it could be 50, 80%. And, but you're not getting those listings or even generating the listing lead because you're not actually asking the questions necessary to root out you know, their time frame, root out their motivation, root out their if they have to or want to. Go through the whole process of actually being a professional. Your goal, and you guys got to remember this and just accept it. When you're accumulating more than, I mean, depending on how efficient you are, when you're accumulating more than maybe 15 or 20 leads, you are doing something wrong. More than 15 or 20 leads tells you, should tell you that you are not sifting and sorting quick enough. You're keeping people in your life and putting them in a drip campaign that aren't motivated, probably never will be motivated. Only work with the people that are 60 to, you know, really 60 to 90 day um, potential transactions. And the rest of them, God bless them. <laughs> you're like, I mean, and they're just. not ready or they're not qualified. And yet. so what we suggest all of you do, and I know no one's going to do this, but we suggest <laughs> all of you do is not put them in a CRM because what happens if you put them in a CRM, it becomes the easy button for you not to drill down and pre-qualify them. And then and if you, you're maybe in your head, you're arguing with me and that's fine. But now if you add staff members, you had buyer's agents. You had other people that are supposed to be on the front line working directly with your clients. You think they're going to be as efficient with those leads as you are? Hell no. They're all yeah. going to the CRM. Of course they are. Oh, and by the way, the CRM costs you a ton of money. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right? That CRM, depending on what you're using, can cost you thousands of dollars per month. Julie. Yes. Now, that's not to say you shouldn't keep track of, of course, your past clients and some people in your center of influence. But the goal is not to have a massive list. The goal is to have a very well-honed, very specific list. And yes, of course, you can send them birthday cards, closing gift cards. You can send them, you know, all of that kind of great follow-up stuff. That's fine. That's not what we're talking about when we say don't drip. You can, you know, have a past client list. Of course, we want you to do that. But to bring this back full circle to the reasons why uh, teams will fail is what Tim just said. He said, if you guys aren't doing this and you're throwing everybody into this drip system, what do you think people on your team are doing? You've just set that example that it's okay to just send everybody there and then, you know, they'll resurface. The cream will rise to the top. Not the case. So everybody needs as homework to commit to just following up on their core leads, five, 10, as Tim said, maybe 15 tops. You want to have people who actually are going to do something with you. But you're going to have to learn what questions to ask in the order in which to ask them. That brings us and, to coaching. And stop winging it. You're, and so you're going to have to actually drill down and be a professional. Like when you go to a doctor or any other professional, they ask you the same questions over and over again. That's what being a professional is all about. And by the way, if you guys want to join the free coaching program, and I, you know, don't be confused. The free coaching program is 10% of what our normal coaching program is, but it's a great first step for all of you. You can just text the word survival to 31996. Text the word survival to 31996. And when you do, we're going to text you back a link. And with that link, you can join our free coaching program. So just text the word survival to 31996. You will be entitled to a whole bunch of free training, books, guides, everything you can possibly imagine. Text the word survival to 31996. Next point, Julie. Yes. And this is related in, you, we were talking about buyer leads, but in general, no skill or low skill in the things that actually make you money in real estate 
leads to no accountability for anybody on your team, right? So some people fantasize, I'm getting a little busy, so maybe I'm gonna hire a listing partner. Well, unless that listing partner has the same or better track record than you do, how will you ever hold them accountable? And now you're blowing leads on somebody that may or may not be able to close. Well, so what is she talking about specifically drilling down? If you've never mastered or learned how to be a proactive lead generator, and what a lot of you have done is you'll get into the business, someone's going to seduce you into believing you're supposed to build a team before you ever learned how to actually run, be a successful salesperson yourself. You know, there is a path forward that you should follow and when to add staff and, and, you know, frankly, the whole hiring process and delegating well, process. it's all in the book. It's all in the book, Harris Rules, and we've laid it out it's section by section by section. But you will notice everything we ever tell you to do, the first filter is profit first. So when you're thinking about basically scaling up your team, the last thing you delegate is the first thing that most of you delegate, which is the or the pre-qualifying of all the leads that come in. That's one of the most important things that you should never delegate, or at least don't delegate until someone's proven their ability to actually be efficient at it. And then even then, don't abdicate. So literally make, make the calls where they're pre-qualifying, record them, time them, find out exactly what's happening in the efficiency of your business. Otherwise, you're going to lose money. And again, you're, going, you're not going to know that the problem is the lack of efficiency from your team members. You're going to rationalize, and they will tell you that it's because the leads suck. You need to yes. spend more money. And then where's that money come from? What would have been your profit? So you guys got to keep all these things in mind. So no skills is essentially no accountability. You need to learn how to be... Okay, you need to learn how to be a masterful salesperson. You, Julie's got to run off to Premier Coaching. You need to learn how to be an actual, um, you know, frankly, an absolute stellar proactive lead generator before you can ever delegate it. So until you've done something at an incredibly high level, don't delegate it. That's a huge mistake because you won't know whether someone's actually doing the job at the highest level like you had to. Some of my best coaching clients that did form teams were the ones that knew how to proactively lead generate. And when they did get to the point where they did want to start delegating the buyer transactions and even some of them want to delegate going on listing appointments that's fine because they know having done it at a high level for a long period of time exactly what's happening and exactly whether or not the team members actually reporting back the truth or whether the team members just trying to sort of cover up their lack of skill uh, to you know rationalize their lack of efficiency and yes i'm talking about numbers appointments set you know of how many you actually converted what was the ratios all that stuff that's what a true professional does because they build their business around profit so listen guys we're going to go back to these points um, maybe on sunday but probably on monday in the meantime, thank you for continuing to make this number one listen to daily podcast for real estate agents in the nation. And we're also now picking up listeners in 54 different countries, which is really exciting and kind of wacko to think about. But if there's any ideas or any topics you guys have for us, or any questions you have, we definitely pay attention. We definitely are listening to your feedback. Text me directly at 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206 with any questions you have, any suggestions we have. I did appreciate all the great feedback I had on the interview I did with uh, Mike Reese uh, this week. We will be doing more interviews like that. We're going to be doing, we're really expanding everything we do as, around the podcast. So look forward to that. And that's all based on what you guys are saying. Uh, asking for us to uh, start producing for you. So we're going to do it. We're listening. If there's anything you can uh, ever think of that would help us to basically serve you at a higher level, you can always just let us know. Text me at 512-758-0206. In the meantime, have a fantastic day. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. 
Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.